Hi, Juliet here with a quick message before this episode starts. Everything you need to be more strategic amid the busyness of the school term is contained in the 170 plus episodes of this podcast. But sometimes you can get there a bit faster with some personalised help. I host a termly online workshop specifically designed to help the support staff within schools to make the shift from being reactive to strategic. Our next workshop is coming up soon and we're going to be reflecting on how things have gone this academic year and strategising for the academic year to come so that you can confidently prioritise your workload, overcome the obstacles that are holding you back and redirect your time and focus onto your priorities. At the end of the session, I promise you're going to be feeling more energised, ready to hit the ground running with a clear plan of action. This term's workshop is going to be run on Thursday the 16th of May, and you can find out more and book your place at www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash plan. I hope to see you there. Now, let's launch into this episode. So far, everything's been fairly obvious, and you might be thinking, she makes it sound so easy, it's not that easy. Welcome to the Independent School Podcast. Thinking and acting strategically is the key to both securing the future of your school and helping to build a more equal and just world. My name's Juliette Corbett. I'm a consultant, speaker and facilitator specialising in helping independent schools. In this podcast, I translate tried and tested strategy and fundraising techniques into a language that works for schools. So if you're a senior leader in a private school and you want your daily work to feel less exhausting and more strategic, and if you want once more to feel the joy of making the world a better place through education, then you're in the right place. Welcome, and let's get started on this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode, where we're going to be focusing on strategic fundraising. Now, you know, I talk a lot about strategy. In actual fact, this is not going to be an episode about writing a fundraising strategy. This is going to be more about how you can actually make sure your day-to-day work in a fundraising office, a busy development office, is strategic. And although that might sound like the same thing, it's actually two slightly different angles on the same problem. So a fundraising strategy is about writing a document that you can use to communicate to others what your priorities are. And that is important. But actually, what's even more important, especially in a fast changing time, which, yes, we are living through at the moment, is that your decision making on a day to day basis about where you're putting your scarce resources in most cases, your time, that has to be strategic. Otherwise, the best fundraising strategy document in the world will not result in the optimum results that you were looking for. So in this episode, I'm going to be giving you five steps that you can work through to ensure that you're being strategic in your fundraising. Really quickly, before we dive into the detail, I want to make sure that you make the most of the time you invest listening to this podcast. And the best way to do that is to make sure you grab a copy of my free ebook, The Strategic Independent School Leader. It outlines how to answer the six essential questions that will clarify your school strategy and secure its future. In the world of business, strategy can be full of jargon, but it doesn't have to be that way. This is a jargon-free tool tailor-made to help private school leaders think 
and act more strategically. Download your free copy today at www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash ebook. Okay, so let's run through these five steps. So imagine, you don't need to imagine, but I am imagining you working in a super busy development office. There are constant distractions. There's emails coming in. There's senior leaders asking you to do things which, quite frankly, are beyond the development office remit, but need to happen urgently. There is a sense of energy and enthusiasm, but there's also a sense of oh my goodness, I need to focus in on the things that are going to actually make a difference for my school and raise significant money. And how can I possibly do that amidst all of this noise around me? So given that backdrop, these are the five steps that I recommend you take to make sure you're being strategic on a day-to-day basis in your fundraising. So step number one is making sure that you have laser sharp clarity on the transformation that you are seeking to make. Now, we all know transformations are what underpin effective fundraising. It's about transforming people's lives. And even when we are fundraising for a building, most people, with a few exceptions, don't really care that much about the actual building. They care about how your pupils' lives are going to be improved by having access to that building. So you need to have agreement with your senior team your chair of governors, you need to get absolute sign off from your head to make sure you have agreement on which fundraising projects you're going to be focusing on. Now, the first question to ask is what are your school's strategic priorities? You don't want to be taken completely off track by a donor coming in with a bright idea that actually is not one of your strategic priorities. So being really clear about what those strategic priorities are is critically important. But it's just as important that you also know what inspires your potential donors. What do your donors really care about? What kind of transformation are they going to make a really significant gift to that you can have that significant impact on your school community and the difference that your school is making to your pupils? So you have to have agreement on what this fundraising project is going to be. Now, a larger team might be able to handle more than one project. That's fine. But generally speaking, especially if you're struggling to keep focus within your school on a particular project, generally speaking, it's really important to have a primary project and perhaps a secondary project alongside that. So that's one thing that's really important. Now, Within that same step, once you've decided what that project is going to be, you also need to create a truly inspiring case for support for that project. So this will be all the information on the rational side to do with costings, to do with timeframes, to do with how many pupils will be impacted or the size of the building, all these kind of rational, logical details. It also needs to contain a very strong element of emotional connection people give to people. You need to have testimonials. You need to really understand the problem that you're solving with your fundraising project and the positive impact that you're going to be having on people. So that's step number one. You have to be laser sharp, clear on what your fundraising project is, the transformation that it's making for people and being clear that your donors care about that transformation and creating an inspiring case for support. Now, this takes time. You're not going to do this overnight. But without this, you cannot be strategic in your fundraising. 
Okay, so let's move on to step number two. Once you've got some clarity on all of that, you need to be really thinking about where your fundraising opportunities are. And the word your in that sentence is really important. So there are a whole host of benchmarking reports out there which will show you that focusing on major gifts generally speaking will produce the best return on investment and therefore is a really important focus for your time but you also need to understand your own school so where are your best prospects within your own communities which fundraising methods are you going to be focusing on now a small team cannot do everything and do it well And if you try, you will be running yourself into the ground and you will be at best doing everything okay. To be strategic, you need to be focused. So you need to identify which are the areas that we're focusing on at the moment. Doesn't mean you can't change that in the future. But for the moment, for example, you might decide we are going to focus in on major gifts and legacies, because that's where we can see significant return on investment. Although legacies take a bit longer, the income stream can be a bit lumpy when you get sudden big legacies. It's not as predictable, but we're going to focus on those two areas to get things going and to prove that we can do this. We're going to leave the time intensive telephone campaigns, giving days, regular giving programs, We're going to leave those things for a couple of years because we just don't have the resource to do everything. That would be a really cohesive strategic decision to make and getting sign off from everybody on all of those issues is really important. Okay, so that's step number two. You also need within step number two to have an eye on the future. How are you going to be deepening the culture of philanthropy in your school? This is a long-term challenge that you will face and therefore if you're being strategic you have to think about the long term. So even though you may you may not, but you may decide it's appropriate not to be doing some of the mass participation fundraising at the moment. You will need to think about ways that you can involve your whole community so that you are bringing everybody on that journey toward a culture of philanthropy. So getting pupils involved, helping the pupils to understand what elements of their pupil experience are being funded through philanthropy so they can give back in the future knowing that they have themselves received continually publicly thanking donors that can be anonymously or it can be named publicly thanking them and continuously talking about the impact of those donations i've never had anyone complain that i have thanked too much i have never had anyone complain that i have talked about impact too much if you're worried about asking too much stick with the thanking and the impact with the occasional asks in there so That's all about your fundraising opportunities. So step number two is all about identifying where you're going to focus your resources to make the most of your fundraising opportunities. So step number three takes us into tactics. This is about how you're going to cultivate those prospects. So the day-to-day activities that you are going to undertake to push forward on those fundraising opportunities and, and make them a reality. So this is all to do with looking for systems, processes, workflows within your team where you can combine efficiency and effectiveness. So just to be clear what I mean, these are two quite different things. So efficiency is about doing things faster. So often these days we're talking about using technology to its best advantage, uh, making sure your database, your event booking systems, your donation systems, everything is 
using technology to the greatest of its advantage to be efficient. But everything also needs to be effective. And effectiveness is about maximizing the positive outcomes of what you're doing. So for example, in Major Gifts, I've had an episode where I talked about moves management. Actually, that was one of my most popular episodes to date. So do check it out if you're listening. Moves management is a process that you can use to semi-automate the donor journey that you're taking people on so that your database behind the scenes makes it efficient so you can handle more prospects at any one time without dropping the ball. But to be effective, that moves management system needs to feel 100% authentic to the donors, fully that you are in the room with them, understanding what they're telling you and you're actively listening to what they're telling you about their philanthropic goals and dreams. And that's not possible if you're fully automating the system of moves management. So you need to have a balance of using the technology to get your efficiency up using moves management, but also using your humanness, your active listening, your genuine intuition about what someone's interested in, because you've actually got to know them over time to inform that moves management process. So all of your systems need to be both efficient and effective. So in this step three, it's about analysing your IT systems, your workflows, your staffing, your training, all of these kind of tactical day-to-day operational issues and making sure that everything is aligned with those fundraising opportunities so that you can deliver those transformations that you're focusing on. Okay, so step number four. So far, everything's been fairly obvious and you might be thinking she makes it sound so easy. It's not that easy. Step number four brings us into the realm of reality. You need to think about what might stop you. It's never as easy as I'm going to make it sound when I'm talking to you like this. Things will always get in the way. So if you're going to be strategic about it, and this is where I'm diverging from a strategic plan, this is not about a fundraising plan, this is about you understanding what's going to stop me and my team actually delivering on this this fundraising strategy that we're creating. The common sticking point that people talk to me about that I see all the time in the fundraisers that I work with, what's going to stop them is lack of time, it's lack of budget, and it's lack of internal buy-in. Now, there may be other particular issues in your your particular school, but those three come up really frequently. And of course, you will have noticed that those three are linked because if you had more internal buy-in, you might be able to secure more budget, which means that you can then buy in more time. So these are all linked together. And these are the things that often stop people. But if you can be really honest with yourself, there might be a lack of confidence that's going to hold you back. There might be the fact that you're working in an open plan office and actually feel not only nervous, but distracted when you're trying to make those major gift calls. It might be something which is really specific about your database holding you back and maybe your confidence or training around your database. So in this step four, I want you to be really honest with yourself and get the rest of your team to join you in this and think about the things that are going to actually prevent you from being strategic on a day to day basis. And then step number five is inevitably having a plan in place to help you to overcome those things that are going to hold you back. So all those things that are going to stop you, lack of time, lack of budget, lack of internal buy-in or something more specific to you and your school. Step number five is what is your plan? What are your tactics 
to overcome those challenges. Now, I'm not going to be able to go into detail here, but I'm planning some future episodes which talk about things like time management tactics. So making the most of your working day. I'm also planning um, some episodes around internal buy-in and how to make the case for investment within your development office. So tip number five is thinking in detail about what you're going to do to actually overcome those challenges that you face on a day-to-day basis. So hopefully this has been helpful. You'll have seen as we went through this, some of this is very similar to how you might write a fundraising strategy. Steps one, two and three, definitely some overlap. But then it diverges into the realms of reality and steps four and five were about identifying and overcoming the challenges that are going to stop you, the things that are going to hold you back. And I think that's what's really important, actually. That's the thing that we often miss, that we don't often think about. And by spending some time reflecting either on your own, with a team, with an experienced fundraiser such as myself or another peer, and identifying what's holding you back and how you can move past that and having tactics to overcome that is going to make a really big difference to how you're acting strategically in your fundraising function on a day-to-day basis. And this is exactly what I help people with. So when I'm working with fundraisers on a month-by-month basis, I often do a couple of calls a month, video calls a month, where we are continually bringing them back on track. So we are reflecting together on what's gone well, what's not gone so well, and then bringing them back on track to the strategic fundraising that we've been talking about. And more often than not, it is about overcoming those those barriers that are going to stop you from being more strategic. It's not just about having the robust strategic plan document that you can get sign off on. Let me know if this has been helpful. I love hearing your feedback. It would be really nice to hear from you and do reach out if I can help you in any way in your fundraising activities. Great, that's it for this week and I'll see you next time. Have a fantastic week. Thanks for listening to the Independent School Podcast, the podcast that helps senior leaders in private schools to think and act more strategically, both because they want to secure the future of their school and because they want to help build a more equal and just world. You can listen in everywhere that podcasts are available. And if you want to catch up on previous episodes or follow any of the links that I've mentioned today, just head over to www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash podcast.